Ah, yes. Good morning, New Beginnings Christian Center. How are you doing this morning? One thing that I desire of the Lord, that's right, and that is for him to be a part of my life, and that I'm going to seek after, that he is with me each and every day, and I pray that you can do the same thing this morning. I want to welcome you this morning. My name is Pastor Ronald A. Cooper. On behalf of all Myself and all the members of New Beginnings Christian Center in Emirato, North Dakota, I want to welcome you to this morning's service. That's right. We're so very happy to have each and one of you tune in this morning and enjoy the Word of God as we assemble together and that the Word of God be heard by the people of God this morning. We're going to get started right now and we're going to just allow ourselves to be immersed in the Spirit. Yes, that's what we need to do as true believers and followers of the one and only God for each of us to serve. Bow with me now, if you will, just in a moment of prayer as we get prepared in our hearts and our minds to find our Lord and our Savior for ourselves today. Amen. Pray with me right now. Father, we just thank you this morning for all the blessed hearts that have assembled, Father God, together this morning, that we are able once again, dear God, to come into your presence with thanksgiving and to be worshipers and, and those who glorify your most holy name. Father, we come broken, we come worn, we come tired, but nonetheless, dear God, we're still faithful and obedient to your word. We just thank you for keeping us and allowing us to see another day, dear God. You have been so very, very good in our lives. And we ask this morning once more, Father, that you continue to remain with us, stay in our presence at all times. Keep us, dear God, under your care, your watchful care. For in your hands, Father God, we are blessed. We are nourished. We are covered by that mighty blood and that powerful anointing. And so this morning, dear God, as we prepare once more to open up this word, we just ask, dear God, that you guide us, lead us, direct us, show us, Father God, in the way that you would have us to go and let our hearts be filled to overflowing with nothing but joy and your love and your peace, dear God. And oh, Father, that grace and mercy that only you can give. We just thank you once again. And we pray these and all blessings. In your son Jesus' most precious name, 
Let us all say amen. 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 Yes, that we might dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever. We just thank God for that wonderful, wonderful message this morning coming through from song. And you know that each of us should have that heart that just seeks and yearns after him, just follows and, and, and wants to be in his presence at all times, each and every single day of our lives. You know how good it is to be in the presence of God every day. It is, it is a blessing that only those who seek him can feel and understand and, and accept in their lives this morning. And I pray that you're right there with me because you know, trouble is around the corner, every place, everywhere. And it's always looking to creep into our homes and our workplaces. It's always looking to take advantage of those opportunities to come against us by using our friends, our families, and even sometimes those that we don't even know that will try to bring the problems of life in, into our lives, their problems, their issues, their challenges into their lives. And so this morning, you need to just hang with me for just a bit as we talk about in today's message that trouble in my way. It is It is so very true when we say trouble in my way. You remember that old song used to say trouble in my way. I got to cry sometimes, but you know that trouble, it was an old spiritual that, that, that was sung that song, but let me tell you something. Trouble has not left us yet. We are still having to deal with so much of it today, and I want you to know that God hasn't abandoned any of us that we can escape that trouble if we just stay focused. It's a part of our lives and it's not going to change. As, Christ, as Christ said, God makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. We have to remember that just because we're followers of, the, of God Almighty, the one who keeps us each and every day, our great provider, it doesn't mean that we're going to be able to escape the problems, the troubles that are going to come our way. We just got to learn how to deal with them in a different way. If you want to find that passage, go to Matthew, the fifth chapter in the 45th verse, and allow yourself to be immersed in it. You see, because as Christians, we should understand both the promise 
that was made and the promise that trouble would occur in the lives of also believers, not just those that are living in the world, but also those that follow Christ. And so if you want to become stronger, you have to become wiser. You have to become uh, aware and, and, and know about what's going on around you in order to deal with it in a better way. Remember the old saying, those who don't understand and know their history are destined to repeat it. But let me tell you something. The word of God is a book that will show us and teach us the history so that we don't have to go through it blindly. We can have a guide. We have something to lead us through. The scriptures lay it all out for us and so that we can deal with it a whole lot better. Whatever it is, just let it go because we can we can get past this. God has the answer. You have to know that. The promise is right here for us to just hold on to today. Yes, just give it to God and let him deal with it for you. Amen. Let's get into this word this morning. You see, we have to first understand the promise that was made. The promise of trouble. I'm not talking about the promise of good right now, but let's just look at the promise that trouble was going to come our way. Troubles were going to be a part of our everyday lives. For those who haven't understood that yet, maybe you should turn with me to Job, the fifth chapter. I mean, the, the fifth chapter, the seventh verse, if you will. If you have your Bible saying it, I pray that you do this morning. Where it says in that seventh verse, yet man is born unto trouble as the sky, as the sparks fly upward. You know, trouble isn't something you're going to escape. It doesn't matter whether you're the best or the worst. It's going to come into your life at some point. And so what do we do? How do we prepare ourselves to deal with it? How do we prepare ourselves so that it doesn't overtake us? It doesn't cause you to slip beyond and outside of the normal behavior that you should be, your, the normal character that you should be trying to keep on display at all times so that you don't get weak, so that you, you don't become despaired and, and, and downtrodden. What do you do? We know that trouble's going to come. We know that we are born into a sinful world. We're not going to escape it. You're here, and this world is filled with sin. If you don't believe it, look at Romans, the fifth chapter and 12th verse, where it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passeth upon all men, for that all have sinned. Sin is a part of who you are. It's a part of who we are. It's the life that we have to try to navigate and we have to, we have to be able to get through and, and go beyond. But you cannot do it alone. You're not going to be able to face it alone. And if you're trying, if that's your strategy and you're trying to do it in that manner, you're only fooling yourself. Because in this sinful world, if we don't find a strategy, if we don't if we don't have a relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, then we don't really have what it's going to take to defend ourselves against the sin that is in and of this world. Because we too, we are born into a sinful body. We ourselves are a part of the problem. If you haven't grasped that concept just yet, you are a part of the problem, just like all men, all people who are born into this world are a part of the problem. We are 
born into a sinful body. Psalms 51 and 5 says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. You have to know and acknowledge again, as I'm saying to you right now, if you don't understand what the issues are, what the problems are, what the what, what causes all that is happening around you, then how can you ever deal with it? How can you ever fix it? If you don't know what's broken, how can you fix it? If you don't understand what's missing, how do you know what to look for? We have to be able to wake up at some point and admit those things that many of us see sometimes see as too harsh to, to admit to ourselves or anyone else that yes, you are sinful. You were born into a sinful place, into a sinful body, and you were born into a spiritual warfare. That this warfare is something that is, it's just an, an, an occurrence, an, an everyday natural occurrence that you have to deal with. First Peter five and eight says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. <laughs> He's not ever going to stop. He's not gonna let up. He's not going to let up. And every day, if you're not protecting yourself, he is coming for you. You know, some of us wake up and we think if we're just if we just stay on our best behavior, if we just do everything we need to do, like we need to do it, when we need to do it, how we need to do it, and we stay as far away from trouble as we can, that everything is always going to be fine. It's kind of like the idea of walking around with rose-colored glasses on. You just simply believe that if you avoid it, if you ignore it, if you put your rose glasses on, then at least in your world, everything is going to be fine. But it's not that way because the enemy, he is looking for those that are working the most, the being the most diligent at trying to remain good, at trying to be less sinful. He's coming to attack you first because he doesn't want to see you escape that way. He doesn't want to see you remain absent of sin. He wants to pour his, he wants to pour out as much sinful uh, nature uh, as he can upon you. He wants to do everything he can to try to change your behavior. He starts by talking to your head, getting inside your mind and making you believe that what you're doing is in vain. He starts by tricking you into believing that you need to quit. You need to give up. You need to walk away. This isn't working out. God isn't helping you. That you are lost cause. You see, that's where he starts. And if he can capture your mind, then he, he just goes on to take over your entire life. And if you believe that you, by following that belief system, by doing those things, by accepting those alibis as the right way to go, instead of sticking close to God, that you'll see destruction isn't far off because the whole idea is he is seeking to devour. He doesn't want to save or rescue you. You've never seen it in the word of God where he comes to rescue, but he comes to devour and he would devour you. All he wants to do is separate you first. And then you are number one up to be taken out. You see, but we have to plan for trouble. 
if you don't plan for it, if you because you're ignoring it, because you're acting as though it, it, it's not real or it's not happening, again, you're only deceiving yourself. Trouble sometimes can can do things if, if we if we know how to handle it, if we know how to process it, if we know how to deal with it and use it for our benefit. Trouble refines and purifies us. It can straighten some things out for us. Isaiah 1 and 25 says, and I will turn my hand upon thee and purely purge away thy dross and take away all thy ten. In other words, you can, once you've sin has come upon you, once you, you've seen what it does, once you, you've experienced how bad it can be, you can use it as a learning experience to forever turn your back on it, to know that it's not something that you want to pursue, that it's not something that you should allow to remain or dwell in your life, that if you've fallen into it and you've been through it once, then you should be of sound enough mind and thought to not allow yourself to fall prey to it again. That once was more than enough, and that's all that you want, that you can turn your back on it, and you can forever be enlightened about those things that led you to that sin in the first place. And then from there, never return to those sinful ways. But that's only if you learn from the experiences. And you may have heard me say many a time, you don't learn from your successes, but you learn from your mistakes. And it's that very thing that I'm talking about now. If you're once someone who just constantly repeats the same mistakes over and over again, then guess what? It's not a mistake. It's not a mistake. A mistake is something that you accidentally do once. But when you continue to do the same thing over and over again, please don't walk around trying to convince yourself and others that you're simply making a mistake because it's now become intentional. And it's because you've accepted things the way they are and you feel as though this is how it must be. And so you continue to dwell and waddle in sin. But you must turn away from that. You must take it as a learning experience and move on. Trouble will drive men to God if they have wisdom. Trouble will drive you to drop, fall, drop to your knees, to fall down and begin to pray. If you have wisdom, if you're wise enough to see that the things that you have gone through are not fruitful, they're not beneficial, they're not good for your life. But at some point, you've got to wake up and recognize it for yourself. Like they used to say, you got to wake up and smell the coffee. If trouble isn't driving you to prayer, if it's not driving you to, to want to reach out toward God and call upon him for his help, then something else is wrong. Either you're just willing to accept where you are or you've become you've, you, you, you've just become so, 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 so lost that you're not willing to even try anymore. You just want to give up. You're just willing to, to let go. And I'm not talking about letting go and letting God. I'm talking about just letting go and allowing things to, to remain the way they are. 
in Acts, the fourth chapter, the 23rd and 24th verse, it says, and being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. You see, if you're not willing to turn to God in the midst of your problems, in the midst of your troubles, then you must truly enjoy trouble. Trouble must be something that excites you. Why would you not want to turn it over to God? Why would you not want to go to God in prayer instead of just turning to your neighbor or your friend or your family member to, to, to try and solve your problems? Do you really believe that talking about it on the phone or, or over the internet or something like that is going to solve it for you the way God can? It doesn't work that way. God can can fix it for you. He can answer the prayer. He can bring you out of that place and allow you to be planted firmly on some solid ground and, and, and so that your, piece of, your feet once again are on the path of righteousness. And trouble has to try again another time because uh -uh, God has said, no, not, not now, not this one, and pushes it all away. But that's only if you take that negativity, if you take those problems, if you take those troubles and you use it for fuel, you use it for energy to turn to God. In other words, the more trouble you see, the more praying you do, the more problems you have, the closer you get to the God that you serve, the more issues that come up, the more you're calling out for him so that he can come and answer your prayer. If it doesn't produce a spirituality in you, then what is it doing to you? You see, it can only be doing one or two things. Either you're becoming you're becoming accepting of the trouble and you're you're willing to allow it to exist in whatever form it's coming to you in, or you're just you're ready to reject it and go to God in prayer and have him cleanse it from your body, from your spirit. You see, when we look at Psalms the 71st, and I hope y'all have your Bibles ready and you're willing, you're just turning the page. Psalms, the 70, 71st, verse 19 through 21, it says, thy righteousness also, O God, is very high. Who has done great things, O God? Who is like unto thee? Thou, which has showed me great and sore troubles, shall quicken me again and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. You see, he, the scripture is telling you that it understands that trouble is going to come into your life. Trouble is going to be in your way. And sometimes you feel like crying. Sometimes you feel like giving up. Sometimes you feel like walking away. But you can do that or you can go to God and let him provide you the strength that you need. The increase, show you the greatness that he possesses. 
Let me ask you something here this morning, saints. How does God come to your rescue if you don't ever call on him? How does he answer a prayer that's never been prayed? A request that's never been made? How does God come to your defense if you're not willing to let him be your defense? If you're not willing to learn that in the midst of your troubles that you need to glorify God and spread the gospel, that means do the opposite of what the enemy wants you to do because when trouble comes, the enemy wants you to what? He wants you to throw a pity party. He wants you to fall down and to cry and to give up, to roll up in a ball and to just just, just allow, cover your head and go into a dark place. But you've got to learn to do the opposite of what he's expecting. You got to do the opposite of what he's expecting. In Philippians, the first chapter, verses 12 through 18, I hope y'all don't mind me reading the scriptures today because these are much needed. It says, But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the fluence, furtherance of the gospel so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the places and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. You see, the bottom line, in the end of it all, it says it perfectly. In the midst of whatever's going on in your life, in the midst of whatever you're dealing with, in the midst of whatever trials, challenges, or whatever it may be coming against you, you've got to know that rejoicing has to remain in your heart. A rejoicing has to remain in your spirit. A rejoicing has to remain in your mouth. Because if you're not willing to rejoice in the Lord, then you are indeed allowing trouble to win. You're allowing the enemy to dominate. You're allowing yourself to succumb to those things that want to break you down, tear you down, to just destroy you starting with your mind, then your body, and of course your soul. With Christ, you can face any trouble, any troubles, but without him, you're alone in this world to be subject to whatever the enemy chooses to do with you, whatever he chooses to make of you. If you want, if you want that, if you're so ready and willing to give up, then please take this piece of advice. Don't drag anyone else down with you. Don't allow yourself to become someone who just spreads the trouble and pain and suffering without any answers, without any solutions. 
and allowing others to suffer and to feel agony and pain for, for no justifiable reason other than you, misery wants company. The misery wants company. I'm trying to tell you right now, saints, that if you're willing to let trouble live in your life because you're choosing, you're making a conscious decision not to do anything other than that, then please keep it to yourself. But if you choose Christ, if you choose to not be one who is who is subject to all these things and succumbing to the trouble that is, then learn to glorify, learn to worship, learn to praise him and learn to rejoice in his name and let God have it all. Let it go and let God be in charge. Let him rescue you and save you from those troubles. He will, you know, but it first begins with you. I pray that in this message, in this word, that you can let yourself be free of troubles and that you be blessed from now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Be blessed. Just